Morning, y'all. I'm Stephen Artery, in for Katie Kamen, and it's a leap year, and this is Thursday, February 29th. On this date in 1940, actress Hattie McDaniel became the first black performer to win an Academy Award. She received the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. And on this date in 1968, the Beatles won the Grammy for Album of the Year for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. For your Morning Y'all trivia question, we'll stick with the Grammys of 1968. The Fifth Dimension won Record and Song of the Year, and both the album and the song share the same title. Do you remember what it was? I'll have that answer coming up, but now it's time to check your first alert forecast. Good morning, everyone. Meteorologist Chris Holtzman here. That cold front has cleared our area around the north side of it, meaning we have a northerly wind, and that's why temperatures will be lower today, only near 60. Not in the 70s or near 80 like we were yesterday. So for today, a return to uh, chilly temperatures, and we're expecting extensive cloud cover with that front nearby. We do have an approaching area of low pressure as well, and that will bring rain to our area during the day on Friday. But we do have extensive cloud cover around, and for tonight, we're looking at temperatures back in the 40s to near 50 degrees. Seven-day forecast shows that we do have that widespread rain on Friday, around one to even two inches of rain expected, so keep the rain gear handy. We do warm back into the 70s over the weekend with a couple of spotty showers. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Charleston leaders are hoping you can help them find a solution for those experiencing homelessness right here in West Ashley. Last night, the Charleston County Sheriff's Office and County Council met with the community to brainstorm. Some leaders even took turns in the hot seat to hear what they could do better. Live Five's Destiny Kennedy shares if any progress was made. The goal of last night's meeting was not just to address crimes, but to brainstorm with the community and officials to find solutions to help individuals without homes. Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano kicked off Wednesday's meeting by addressing the recent incident involving Will Whitfield, a person who has been living in the woods along Bees Ferry Road, who has had multiple run-ins with law enforcement and was most recently arrested last Thursday for willfully burning the land of another here in West Ashley. Community members have the opportunity to share their experiences. Officials stated though there are many nonprofits that work with the homeless, they do not have enough support financially. Among those in the crowd was Aaron Comstock, the founder of the nonprofit Uplift Charleston. He shares some solutions. None of this can be solved unless we have more homeless shelters and more affordable housing and housing solutions because you can kick people out of encampments and you can tell people you can't be homeless here or there, but all you're doing is pushing them around. Some community members even got emotional, stating that there are too many barriers and they need help from the city and the state to help the homeless. One community member shares what she is doing to make a difference. Basically just clean up the community. I also am working with a few homeless people in the West Ashley area that I visit on the daily. You know, just spend some time with them. A lot of them feel lonely. You know, they feel hopeless. Elected officials were put in the hot seat and asked what actions they are taking to fix these issues. You know, we've got to do a better job of going to our county partners, of going to our state partners 
and and letting them know what the you know what the dollar figure is another question raised during the meeting was where charleston mayor william cogswell was in a response the city spokesperson stated the sheriff did not notify anyone from the mayor's office that this meeting was happening poor communication will not help us collaborate on solving issues in our city Officials and organizers stated that this is a long process, but they will continue to find solutions. Reporting in West Ashley, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. All right, Destiny, thank you. $100,000 is now going to a Daniel Island school, and it's all thanks to a handful of students determined to help their classmates. Yeah, Berkeley County Council awarded that money on Monday. And our Autumn Klein joins us live from Daniel Island School right in front of the playground to show us how one little girl in the support of her classmates is making all of this happen. Good morning, Autumn. Good morning, Nick and Shelby. This playground that you see behind me will soon have a lot of upgrades and be a lot more accessible. That is thanks to one very special young girl that I had the opportunity to meet. Emily Hughes is an eighth grader at Daniel Island School, and she's also the president of student council. She, along with three other students, wanted to make a difference at their school. Like This year, I think we can actually get something and get it done. And that is exactly what they did. Hughes and the other members of the student council decided that they wanted to get a more accessible playground after they saw how some students were not able to enjoy the equipment the same way that they could. It was like upsetting because we could all use it. I've loved playgrounds like my whole life. And then whenever other students can't enjoy it the same way, we just want them to be included too. The students raised over $500 through a fundraiser, but they wanted to take it a step further. So they proposed a letter. And they sent it to county council. And then it all happened really fast. The students were then invited to speak in front of the council where they were awarded the $100,000 for their inclusive playground. We were all so amazed and excited and it was really exciting and fun. The actions of these students hit home for assistant principal Jay Burnsworth, whose own son has special needs. It's me really emotional in a lot of ways. As a father, as an administrator, friend, dad, everybody, it's I'm just really proud of these kids. Like, absolutely proud. But everyone at school is really feeling the pride. We just thought it was great that our students recognized that need and wanted all of their friends to be able to play alongside yep. and to the point that they would take action in the way that they did. We're super proud. We are. Yeah. This is something important that needs to happen, so it was worth it. Members of the district tell me that they are already working on initiating the construction process and the students will be fully involved in the design process. They're even planning to take field trips to other accessible playgrounds to get some ideas. Once the playground is fully up and running, it will be open to the entire community, not just the students of the school. Live on Daniel Island, Autumn Klein. Live 5 News. In half a year since a new medical provider took charge in the Charleston County Jail, and now they're sharing more about their new services and their impacts. Vital Corps replaced WellPath after the U.S. Department of Justice started an investigation into multiple deaths at the jail. Yesterday, the company addressed concerns regarding acquiring addiction treatment medicine and making sure the juvenile detention center has the same services. Since taking over, Vital Corps has also introduced a new behavioral health clinic that provides on-site mental health services and plans to offer group therapy. 
A 10th employee from the Midlands, a Midlands prison at the center of a civil rights investigation is now facing charges. Jalot Gladden was arrested and charged with the misconduct in office and furnishing a contraband while working at the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center. Investigators accuse her of having a relationship with a detainee and giving the detainee a cell phone so they could talk to each other. The detention center is already under scrutiny after the U.S. Department of Justice opened an investigation into reports of poor conditions at the facility. After folks who live in the in Ravenel's, uh, it, folks in Ravenel are planning to file a Freedom of Information Act request for a controversial rezoning project. Now the town says they'll have to pay up to do so. Town Council approved a resolution last night stating it'll charge thirty dollars per hour of staff time plus twenty-five cents per page. For written documents for FOIA requests. It all centers around a rezoning on Drayton uh, Street. Meanwhile, council, many want council to vote down. Now, Mayor Stephen Tumbleson, who has family ties to the land in that area, brought the resolution forward, and now those who live in Ravenel feel they've, they're being silenced. This seems vindictive. Uh, against the people that are, you know, doing something they're legally allowed to do um, to get information about a situation that they feel is, you know, I won't go as far as you know, say as corruption, but is, you know, close to, if not. In response to why the charge was necessary, Town Administrator Mike Hemmer told Live 5, quote, the town did not have a prior rate schedule for FOIA fees. Potholes and the dangers they pose along a stretch of Dorchester Road are what one viewer says is causing him serious headaches. He tells us these potholes are sprinkled along the road for miles and nothing's been done to create a smoother ride for drivers. Our traffic anchor Alicia Wimberly is joining us live in studio right now. So Alicia, we know you spoke with this man. What are some of his concerns and where is this happening? Yeah, Nick Shelby. Well, this stretch of road is closer towards the Somerville area. I ended up speaking with Ronald Bowden and he he told me that he does not want this problem to get worse. Bowden is relatively new to the Somerville area, and he says he adores his neighborhood. As an area for senior citizens, Bowden says it's quiet, peaceful, and safe. After a few months, he noticed a stretch of Dorchester Road full of potholes. Driving in the far right lane from Linger Longer to Bacon's Bridge Road, Bowden says the potholes not, not only seem endless, but dangerous. There's been potholes in a lot of places, but this was one stretch, it's about, I think, three quarters of a mile, where the potholes are horrendous. Now, we have passed along this issue to the South Carolina Department of Transportation and also have provided a link on this web story to where you can submit a road concern directly to the state. But that's not the only issue that's been hoping to get resolved. Last week, a viewer wrote in about the lack of crosswalk signage in both directions on Fort Johnson Road at Tallwood and Joe Rivers on James Island. With schools, children and families in the area, cars drive frequently through waiting to cross. Two days after this concern was brought to S. CDOT signs are now in both directions on Fort Johnson Road. If you have a road concern that's driving you crazy, you can submit it on this web story on life5news.com. 
One woman in Dorchester County will finally get the keys to her new home after months of hard work. The county's Habitat for Humanity organization will reveal its 74th home dedication this morning. Live 5's Tiana Maxwell is in Somerville to tell us more about the good news. Good morning, Tiana. Good morning, Nick and Shelby. Today, the Dorchester County Habitat for Humanity will hand over a set of keys to new homeowner Kartika Brown and her four children. Habitat for Humanity, an equal opportunity agency and equal opportunity affirmative action employer, spends nearly $166,000 on each home and takes about 2,000 volunteer hours to help build. The funds come from donations and proceeds from the Restore locations, an associated nonprofit organization selling new and used building materials and furniture. The goal is to help families build stability and a better future while creating strong neighborhoods. Kartika Brown will cut the ribbon to a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, joined by the organization, community members, volunteers, and donors. President and CEO of Dorchester Habitat for Humanity, Jay Elliott, says the program is really about giving people the opportunity to own their own home. We all want to build our neighborhoods and make them better, and we all want to help our neighbors. And whether you are a person that has a need for a decent, affordable place to live or not, you know somebody that does. So you can guide that person to us, and hopefully that creates a great partnership where we can help them financially um, have more opportunities to own their own home and have a decent, affordable place to live. Brown's home is the 74th Habitat home in the county, and Elliot says her family was given nothing but support. Brown's home is the third Habitat home on the street, and a fourth will be ready in just a few months. Reporting live in Somerville, Tiana Maxwell, Life 5 News. At the top of the podcast, I told you that on this date in 1968, the group The Fifth Dimension brought home the album and song of the year. The album and that song shared a title. It was Up, Up, and Away. Celebrating birthdays this Thursday, motivational speaker Tony Robbins is 64, actor Antonio Sabato Jr. is 52, and holla holla because rapper Ja Rule is 48. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Stephen Artery, in for Katie Kamen, and she'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.